Hello all, it's great to have you back as we look together at God's Word. How's everyone doing? I hope you're all doing well. But if by any chance you're not doing well, you should know by now who you can turn to, right? I hope your answer is the Lord. Well then, during our midweek audio message, we're going to start a series on Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom in the Bible. It was written by King Solomon, who was the son of King David. As part of this series, we're going to skim through and highlight various passages of Proverbs with the hope to help you understand the importance of wisdom, what makes it possible, and how it can apply to everyday life, and so on. We pray that this series will build your spiritual life so you can know not only how to acquire wisdom, but also how to apply it. Because after all, what good is wisdom if you don't know how to use it? Sometimes we just glaze over the super obvious and turn something simple into something difficult. As we enter this series, I would encourage you to pray for wisdom, that God help you understand the importance of wisdom, that He help you to clear your mind from any other preconceived notions and ideas, to give you an open mind and an open heart, and to help you open up to the world He would like to reveal to you. So let's pray so we can get started. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, O Lord, because you're good and because your mercy is everlasting. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins through him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, um, for wisdom. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you, uh, that you help me to be wise, that you help me to gain wisdom, that you help me to understand what revolves around wisdom, what is necessary for wisdom to occur. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for each person that is listening. I pray, O Lord, that you may be able to work in their lives, that you may help them to understand the importance of wisdom and how necessary it is. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your goodness because you are so good that you want to reveal these things to us. You want us to be able to learn these things and to benefit from them. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you don't want to leave us where we're at, but you want to take us to a bigger and better place. Heavenly Father, I pray that you guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Help us to have open hearts and open minds, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. As we quickly introduced before, we're going to start a series on the book of Proverbs. This is part one of our series. Our scripture reading today can be found in Proverbs chapter 1. Verse 1 to 7. And this is what we read. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to whom wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel, to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom can be defined as follows. The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. And of course we're talking about godly wisdom. So wisdom transcends mere intelligence. It is the deepest form of intelligence, if we could call it that which integrates a series of qualities such as experience, which is one, the fact that a certain event has occurred and that the event created some form of knowledge based on cause 
and effect. Two, knowledge, which could be either a rationale or a measure of applicable instruction. And three, good judgment, where a person takes the experience they have or the understanding they gain through someone else's experience and combines it with knowledge they have acquired to make a rational and thoughtful decision that ultimately renders the greatest product and benefit possible. In other words, wisdom is never reactionary or instinctive, but rather it is a thoughtful and beneficial decision taken to action. So wisdom is not a simple thing, but ultimately, the benefit that it can bring far exceeds any other form of intellect or strategy. Wisdom is boundless. Now, one of the implications of wisdom is that its ultimate goal is to cause a change in a person that wants to change for the better. So if you want your life to change for the better, then you will seek godly wisdom. But if you want to continue down the path of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, then wisdom is something that will not be of interest to you. Because wisdom, in its very essence, involves a transformative process. The purpose of wisdom is to change the simple person to a prudent person, to turn a young person from being naive and ignorant into a wise person. Basically, the purpose of wisdom is to take one person from point A, which is a place of ignorance and naivety, to point B, to a place where impactful and thoughtful decisions are made and positive actions are generated. Now, verse 7 gives us the key that ultimately makes wisdom possible. And there's some fundamental things that need to occur prior to wisdom coming into the picture, if you will, or rather, things that pave the way so development of wisdom can be possible. And this is what we just read. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What does that mean? The first step to wisdom is faith. Faith is a prerequisite. You can never develop wisdom or be wise unless you believe with all of your heart through and through that God exists and that he is watching, that he allows everything, whether good or bad, to come back on us. God is the one that allows for every action to have a consequence. Why is faith in God important? And even more so, why is the fear of the Lord essential? Well, if there was no God, then there would be no ultimate judgment force in the universe. There would be no consequences, which means we would all be just floating in space aimlessly without any kind of structure. We would just be, if that were even possible. The short answer to this is that there is no judgment, no consequences to any action, whether good or evil, then nothing would have any value. There would be no meaning. And how can a rational human being have no meaning? Because everyone's life has meaning, whether they understand it or not. Many people don't know the meaning of their lives because they have not found God yet. That's the only way you find meaning. Everything else may give you some sort of meaning, but it will all be temporary. Nothing else can transcend this physical world. Only God transcends this physical world. And He is the only gatekeeper for the eternal world. Everything ultimately consists in Him, for it is written, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. 
So all existence depends on Him. So without the Lord, there can be nothing. And since everything is held under His judgment, then the only logical thing to do is to subscribe to fearing Him. After all, if your existence here on earth and your eternity, whether you wind up spending it, depends on Him. So, if that's the case, don't you think you should at least take into consideration God and have some level of deep respect for what He thinks about you? Let's put things in a manner that most of you can identify or understand. I believe I'm speaking to an audience where most of you have a job or work for someone. And actually, if you own your own business, you have clients, which means you don't have just one boss, you actually have many bosses, many people to cater to. So whether you work for someone or you have a business and you work for many people, it is in your best interest to care about what a person or a group of people think about you. You can think whatever you want, but at the end of the day, the person or the people that sign your check, which is the very thing you need to subsist in this life, because without money, you can't really do much around here, control your very existence. How far do you think you're going to get if your boss tells you that you need to show up for work every day at a certain time and you come in whenever you please? How about if you start Instagramming or texting someone while he or she is explaining something critical to you? What if they found out you're stealing from the company? Even in organized crime, you still have a boss. Someone that you need to make sure that they're happy with you. And even more so, in the crime game, if you will, you really need to make sure the boss is happy with you because not only are you going to get fired if he's not He's probably going to actually permanently retire you, if you understand what I'm saying. So if we need to render some level of respect to our earthly authorities, how much should we care about the one that has the ultimate decision to either allow someone to come into heaven or send someone to that place where no one really wants to go to? So faith in God and fear towards God is essential. So they ultimately become the basis and reason for wisdom. One other thing to keep in mind is that wisdom alone is useless. And we can learn this through the writer of Proverbs himself. And here's a bit of wisdom that we can take, that we can take in by learning from Solomon's own experience or failure. Even though Solomon may have been the wisest person on the planet at some point, if you don't love the Lord, all the wisdom of the world will not help you stay on track. Solomon failed in his last days because he turned to worship idols and other gods that the many wives he married believed in. He did not receive the reward he would have received if he would have loved the Lord. He forgot about the fear of the Lord and died a foolish man. So wisdom is nothing without loving the Lord because loving the Lord is the only thing that will keep you on target with Him. If there is no love, then there is nothing of value. For it is also written, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing." And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing.
So loving God makes wisdom everything it could be in our lives. That's why the first and most important commandment is this. The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. So wisdom can be quite complex, but it is an essential to living this life. Godly wisdom will always allow for you to be many steps ahead of everything around you. But the only true way that godly wisdom can come into our lives is by having the presence of Christ within our very being. When Christ comes into our heart, He opens the door to many blessings and gifts the Holy Spirit can bestow on us by becoming His true disciples. When we follow Christ, everything that belongs to Him follows and starts becoming part of our lives. That's why the wisest thing anyone can do is to surrender their life to the Almighty, to the Creator of heaven and earth, to He that is the origin and the future of all things in the universe. There is no greater than God. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you. I exalt you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you, O God, because you want to change our lives and you want to change our lives for the better. And you want us to be able to enjoy the many wonderful benefits and blessings that you have for us. Lord, I know your desire is to bless us, to, to change us, to transform us, to take us from one place where we are or were to a better place, to become better than what we were, to continue being transformed and changed day after day, Lord God. Heavenly Father, thank you because you are planned through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through the power of your Holy Spirit is to make us perfect someday. Heavenly Father, thank you because you want to share something as great and as valuable as your wisdom with us. Thank you, O Lord, because you're not selfish, but rather you want to give us everything that you have. You want us to enjoy everything that you have to give to us. Lord God, your, your love is truly without measure. Heavenly Father, help us to value it. Help us to understand the way that you love us. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord, that if there is still some folks out there that have not yet come to that place where they need to, that come to that place of surrendering their lives to you, or maybe if they've strayed away, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help them to come back or help them to make that decision to understand that if they ask you to come into their hearts and that they surrender their lives to you, that great things can really happen because you are a personal God. Even though you are the Almighty, you're the creator of heaven and earth, you love us and you want to have an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. And you want to reveal yourself to us. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you. Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.